0: The following presentation is presented by the University of North Carolina Department of Orthopedics, it's delivered by Doug Derschel, Chairman of the Department of Orthopedics, and is intended an for the education and entertainment of orthopedic surgeons and other healthcare professionals. This presentation, entitled Managing the Open Fracture Wound, is intended as a brief update on the principles of open fracture management. Uh, as practiced today in the 21st century. We should first mention that despite our best care and techniques of today, the open tibial fracture is still an unsolved problem. In some of the best institutions at caring for these fractures in the world, infection rates in type 3B open tibial fractures still range between 10 and 15 percent. If infection rates are this high at the best centers, in our own hands, we should expect they should be no better, and therefore we must continue to pay attention to the principles of open fracture care. This presentation will briefly review some principles of managing these fractures in the first hour, or in the emergency department, during the initial debridement, and then it will very briefly touch on some subsequent management techniques and definitive wound management techniques. In the emergency department it's critically important that tetanus toxoid be administered to the patient if they need a tetanus booster. Most emergency department personnel are aware of this and will remember it, but the orthopedist should also keep this in mind and order tetanus toxoid if it hasn't already been given. Intravenous antibiotics are also important and should start as soon as the patient comes to the ER and the open fracture is identified. For lower grade open fractures, a first-generation cephalosporin is still recommended, a one or two-gram loading dose, and then one-gram IV every eight hours. For higher-grade injuries, adding an ametaglycosine to the uh, cephalosporin is recommended, or some would recommend a uh, broader sp- single broader-spectrum agent, such as Tymentin, 3.1 grams IV Q8 hours. Antibiotics should be continued only for about 24 to 48 hours, for most open fractures and then stopped. They may be restarted again at, for 24-hour periods after and around each debridement. month otherwise, but there is no strong evidence to indicate that IV antibiotic use should continue beyond about 48 hours for the open fracture. Also in the emergency department, the limb should be examined only once There's often temptation for everyone who comes through the emergency department seeing the patient to remove the dressing and examine the limb and open wound. This is bad for infection risk, and it's certainly uncomfortable for the patient. Therefore the limb should be examined once, and the examiner should document the location, the size and the character of the wound, what soft tissues are present, and confirming whether or not it's an open fracture. The size of the wound should be documented as well. And then a sterile dressing should be applied to the limb. It's not necessary to irrigate the limb in the emergency department. There's been no clear evidence that irrigation done in the emergency department plays a strong role in lowering the risk of infection. Also, it's not necessary to take cultures of the open fracture wound in the emergency department. Uh, Previous studies have shown that the Bugs cultured from later infected open fractures rarely correlated with the cultures obtained in the emergency department. The type of wound dressing applied to the fracture site is also not important. Some use betadine, some just use saline, some use dry gauze. None of this really matters. What is important is that the wounds examined once, that a sterile dressing is applied, and that the entire limb is splinted to make the patient comfortable and to prevent the fractured bone ends from doing any additional damage to the soft tissues. Initial debridement should be done in the operating room. And when it's done, it should be done aggressively. I tell people to consider it as tumor surgery and that everything, dead, contaminated, devitalized, or foreign, must be removed from the limb. When should debridement be done? Well, it should be done as soon as it's possible, as soon as it's safe, and as soon as an OR is available. This does not mean that it has to be done within six hours of every open fracture. In many trauma centers today, lower-grade open fractures that come in at night are being debrided the following morning. But this isn't necessarily standard practice everywhere. What is clear, however, is that doing the debridement in the operating room and doing an aggressive and effective debridement are factors that are much more important than the timing of the debridement itself. When doing a debridement, it's important to extend the open fracture wound longitudinally at least as far either direction as the size of the open fracture wound itself. Thus, a 2 centimeter open fracture wound is extended at least 2 centimeters proximally and 2 centimeters distally. It may have to be extended more, however, if soft tissue stripping or contamination provide that a longer wound will be necessary to get to the contaminated places. I prefer to excise the skin edges of the open wound, leaving a sharply incised wound rather than the sort of ripping, tearing wound that the open fracture creates. And then I work down through subcutaneous tissues, fat, muscle, and bone, removing sharply, with scissors or a knife, all devitalized, contaminated, or foreign tissue or matter, only after I've completed this long and large, sharp debridement, removing everything that has to go, only then do I irrigate. It's important to recognize that irrigation comes after debridement, not before debridement. If there's a large amount of devitalized bone within the wound, bone that is clearly dead, is contaminated, has no soft tissue and attachments and no blood supply, it, too, must be debrided. This may leave segmental defects within the bone, but the dead bone, particularly in the tibia, must be debrided and should not be left behind. With regard to irrigation, there are some common practices and some myths as well. Certainly, a large volume of irrigation is beneficial in treating these injuries. There is no magic to 9 liters or 12 liters, however. And uh, using a large amount is all that's necessary. If you've done an effective debridement and removed nearly everything that's dead, devitalized, or contaminated, then uh, the amount of irrigation may not need to exceed six to nine liters. Many people put antimicrobials in their irrigation solution. There is no good scientific evidence that antimicrobials uh, provide benefit over saline when irrigating an open fracture. Certainly, it's not unsafe to use them. You must recognize that some patients have a hypersensitivity reaction to antimicrobials and arrogant, but it's also not necessary to use them. High pressure pulsatile lavage irrigation has become the accepted standard in debriding and irrigating open fracture wounds, but there is now mounting evidence in basic science studies that pulse high pressure may actually slow fracture healing and do additional damage to the soft tissues. For that reason, I prefer to use gravity flow irrigation through large-bore arthroscopy tubing when I irrigate open fractures, rather than using the high-pressure pulsatile lavage irrigation. And finally, one must remember that irrigation is not a substitute for thorough debridement. Thorough debridement must occur in every case prior to irrigation if you are to be successful. There are a variety of techniques for subsequent manage of the open fracture wound. I'll mention just a few here. Immediate closure of the wound used to be forbidden. Recent multicenter studies have indicated that after a thorough debridement in many lower-grade open fractures, immediate loose closure of the open fracture wound is actually okay, does not lead to higher infection and non-union rates. Uh, I would say, however, that when in doubt, you should leave the wound open. When you have a wound open, there are numerous ways to treat it and dress it, and no one is necessarily better than another for every fracture. Wet dressings, wet saline dressings are certainly acceptable and can be used. Uh, Negative pressure wound dressings, such as vacuum-assisted closure, has become very popular and is a very good technique. One must be careful, however, not to put the vac sponge directly on exposed nerve or vessel. Uh, If this is done, it will result in irreversible nerve damage or could result in vascular perforation and severe hemorrhage. In these situations, I would suggest a gauze or, uh, or adaptive dressing between the vessel or nerve and the back sponge. Beach path techniques have been used, as well as local antibiotic irrigation. Um, all of these are acceptable techniques. If there's any question about the wound being clean, the patient should be taken back to the operating room every 24 to 48 hours for months until a clean wound is obtained. Definitive management of the open wound is ideally occurs within seven days of injury. Uh, There are a number of options. Delayed primary closure is acceptable if it can be done without putting the skin on tension. Skin grafting, split thickness skin grafting is an excellent technique to be used when there is muscle beneath the skin that can be covered easily with a skin graft. Local rotational flaps, either muscle flaps like the gastrocnemius and soleus flap or uh, fascia cutaneous flaps are also possible. And finally, free tissue transfer can be done. Uh, All three of these four are certainly within the skill set of a typical orthopedic surgeon, but free tissue transfer, that is uh, free vascularized muscle grafting is certainly requires special training. There has been some controversy surrounding coverage of these wounds within 72 hours with some reports of higher infection rates when it is done early, but clearly your goal should be to cover these within seven days whenever possible. To summarize, the open fracture is still a serious injury and we must treat it seriously. Infection rates are still substantial. In the emergency department, the limb should be examined once, documented carefully, and dressed and splinted immediately. Debridement should be done as soon as practicable, practicable. in the operating room, and it should be aggressive. The debridement should be treated as tumor surgery. The wound should be extended liberally. Surgeons should work from the skin down to bone, debriding to sharply any dead, devitalized, or contaminated material going down. And everything, including bone, that is devitalized or dead should be removed. There are a variety of ways to dress the open wound. If in doubt, leave it open, but it can occasionally be closed if it's clean and can be closed without tension. But if you leave it open, ideally, you should try to get it covered within seven days of injury. I hope this uh, brief review has been helpful, and I look forward to speaking with you on future occasions.